Welcome back to Behind the Screens. I'm Matthew Liebman, and this week I have no mates. I'm still here in Los Angeles, which seems to be enough motivation for my LA-based colleagues to find other things to do. So bear with me as I run through the week's box office, uh, some of the audience information, and other bits of trivia on my own. This week started with The Exorcist Believer, a film I will never see, uh, being too scared for this sort of genre. But domestically, the film opened at $27.2 million off 3,663 screens, pulling in a per screen of $7,426. Internationally, the film added another 17.9 mil and currently sits at a worldwide cum of $45.1 million. The top international markets so far are Mexico, $3.9 million, the UK at $2.1 million, and Italy at $1.2 million. The film has come in a little lower than expectations, but the production budget is a reported $30 million, which is fairly modest. So hopefully we'll have a chance of clawing that back in the theatrical window, if not in downstream windows. The audience uh, feedback has been a little rough. Cinema score of C, which even for a horror title is a little on the low side. From Rotten Tomatoes, didn't find favor with the reviewers at 22%. It's another example of a big discrepancy with audiences giving it 59%. But even that score isn't terrific when we look at, at recent horror titles. Turning our attention now to the audience, though, the most common films are those uh, which were recently released. So we saw The Nun 2, Saw X, Insidious 5, Talk to Me and Evil Dead Rise having the most uh, similar audience overlap. I'm going to look at, at a combined audience for The Nun 2 and Saw X since they were both released very recently. And when we look at that compare, um, combined audience over their opening weekend to the weekend just past for The Exorcist Believer, they're virtual carbon copies. Uh, for most categories, there's less than one percentage point difference. Certainly in frequency, uh, all the different categories were only one percentage point difference. We saw 61% of people in either the infrequent or occasional uh, category. And then that remaining 39% came from frequent to very frequent. The gender splits were virtually identical at 54% male, 46% female, but age had the biggest difference between Exorcist Believer and the combined opening weekend audience for None 2 and Saw X. For Exorcist Believer, 26% were aged 45 plus versus 18% for our comparable films. This is no doubt because we'll have fans for what is now a 50-year-old franchise with The Exorcist. In fact, the opening coincided with the 50th anniversary of the first instalment, The Nun 2 and Saw X, much younger franchises, and we've seen that reflect in the age discrepancy. One other thing to call out, though, is the recency of visit. So how long has it been since the audiences have been to, had been to the cinema to see a prior film? 26% of those going to Exorcist Believer had been to the theatre in less than a week, compared to 20% for the other two. So I think what we're seeing here is that this horror audience is avid, not just in seeing horror films, but happy to go back over and over again. The fact that we've had so many recent horror titles is not that much of a deterrent in terms of how these people are spending their time and their money. So hopefully we see some legs given that there is a Taylor Swift behemoth coming next week, but a very, very different uh, genre to what, what these titles are. That was really the only big new release of note. We'll cover some of the, the specialized ones in a second. Well, let's turn our attention now to the holdovers. Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie came in second in the domestic market in its second week. It added another $11.8 million and was down 
a really reasonable 48% on its initial week. It sits at a domestic cum of $38.9 million, which is about 61% above the prior Paw Patrol film at its same point. That 61% translating to $14.8 million. Now, of course, the first one was COVID impacted, but still a remarkably strong result. Looking internationally, uh, Paw Patrol is sitting at a cum of $48.2 million. It only dropped off 47% week on week in the international sphere, again, very strong, and currently sits $87.1 million cumulative to date. Saw 2 dropped 55% in the domestic market, adding another $8.2 million and, and generating a cum of $32.6 million. It's about $4 million ahead of Jigsaw at the same point. And a really strong result when you consider that Exorcist Believer entered the market as well. Internationally, the movie is sitting at $11.3 million, and that gives it a worldwide cum of $43.9 million. The creator sits at uh, number four in its second week. To me, it's a bit of an example of why we can't have nice things, a terrific film that hasn't yet found its audience. It added $6.1 million domestically, down 57%, sitting a domestic cum of $24.9 million. Internationally, it's reached a cum of $36.9 million for a worldwide total of $61.8 million. This is a little way behind where it would hope to be, but with a modest production budget of $80 million for a film of its type, hopefully over lifetime, it'll at least break even and, and at least downstream generate the, the audience it deserves. The surprise of the week is number five, The Blind, the Duck Dynasty semi-biopic faith-based film, which so far is only in the domestic market. It lost 400 screens this week. It dropped 401 screens down to a total of 1,314. Despite that, its week-on-week -week decline was only 27%. It added $3.2 million, sitting at a cum of $10.6 So far, no uh, markets have opened overseas. And then on the specialty market, A24 opened Dick's The Musical in seven theatres in New York, LA and San Francisco. I'm calling it out because those screens averaged $31,552, one of the strongest per screens even for a specialised release like this so far this year. And then finally, let's turn our attention to next week. This has been a quiet couple of weeks at the box office. All of that changes next week when Taylor Swift's The Errors Tour hits cinemas. It's tracking to a domestic opening of somewhere between $100 and $125 million, so will no doubt give a massive jolt to the box office and also uh, somewhat of an unexpected surprise uh, given we didn't know this film was going to be here about four or five weeks ago. So coming at the perfect time given some of the more theatrical shifts that have happened as a result of the strikes. Now, we've looked at the pre-release audience. I should say pre-release audiences are very different from in-season. They change quite rapidly. But with that caveat in mind, we looked at the most similar films so far for Taylor Swift based on, on those audiences who've purchased tickets to it versus what else they've seen. So I guess in some ways, unsurprisingly, Barbie is the number one most similar film. But after that, you've got Frozen 2, Little Mermaid, Mary Poppins Returns, Sing 2, the outlier of Don't Worry Darling, back to Toy Story 4 and Minions Rise of Gru. And because Taylor Swift is such a behemoth, what we're going to do is benchmark the opening weekend pre-sales audience of her film to all movies in market. We're not going to take a subset. 
What we're seeing here, and no surprises given the grocers, is that infrequents are incredibly strong. 41% of the audience for Taylor Swift are infrequent moviegoers, nine percentage points ahead of the average movie, uh, which sits at 32%. So people are coming in off the couch, not just because of the size of the film, but because it is a concert film and something quite different in theatres. Somewhat reinforcing the family makeup of similar films, we're seeing 43% of tickets going in groups of at least three plus versus 36% overall. No doubt there's a festival um, element to going and seeing this, but also with the family angle, you've got parents and kids coming along, upping that average number of tickets. We are seeing that this is a very young skewing audience with 26% age 17 uh, or years or younger versus 10% for what we would expect overall. And when we look at those aged 11 or younger, 19% are aged 11 years or younger versus 11% for what we'd see overall. So skewing very, very young, hitting the tweens, which I guess is Taylor's core audience, but you know, personally thought it might've been a little more balanced than that. And I guess somewhat unsurprisingly, heavy, heavy female skew here. 69% a female versus 40% for the average movie. And I think this is hitting not just the uh, audience based of Taylor Swift, which does skew female, but the mums taking the kids as well. Now, we don't often call out geographic differences, but there are some outperformances of note here. In the domestic market, we are seeing 31% of the audience coming from rural markets, and we would typically see that at 24%. This difference is coming at the expense of urban markets. We're also seeing an outperformance in the south of the US at 35% of the audience versus 31% overall. Maybe that's hitting some of Taylor's hometown crew in particular. And that's coming, those four percentage points of difference are coming at the expense of the audiences in the West and the Midwest. And then finally, no surprises given this is going to be an epic concert film, audiences are going big. We're seeing 13% going to IMAX versus 8% overall for the average film, and 33% when you add in other forms of large screen versus 28% overall. So this looks like it's going to be a, an event in every definition, every sense of the word. You've got the box office, you've got the bigger crowds, you've got the big screen. Uh, long may it last and may create a substantial halo effect for Beyonce. Uh, we need a little bit of, of bolster as we go into the final quarter of the year. Uh, and uh, with some of those those date changes that were triggered by the strike. So thank you all for joining me for this solo behind the screens. I trust that my buddies will be back next week and we'll have a bit more banter. And who knows, each of us might do a few bars of our favourite Taylor Swift songs. I think Bernard especially will have a hard time choosing. So thanks again. Look forward to joining you next week behind the screens. Movio and Numero are two of the businesses within the Vista Group, the world-leading provider of technology solutions to the global film industry. For more moviegoer insights, be sure to visit movio.co and follow Movio, Numero and Vista Group on Twitter and LinkedIn. The Behind the Screens podcast is produced by Grace Furness and edited by Patrick Hanna.